0: Welcome on to the back stretch. I'm Heather Williams and I guess we have to start this week with the biggest news of the weekend which is the uh, retirement from full-time racing by Kurt Busch. Uh, obviously with this happening on a Saturday we'll talk about it more with Chris in our segment with him but I felt like I really needed to to, to, to lead off with this this week. Kurt and I came into the sport about the same time. He he's his rookie year was maybe four or five years before I started covering the sport. But it's just been one of the most incredible evolutions of an athlete that I've ever seen. Uh it's fascinating to watch guys come up and, and, and leave. For instance, Jimmy Johnson, you know, when they first came, he first came into the sport, he was exciting. He was this hot new driver, and then all of a sudden he started to win too much. He got booed a little bit, and at the end of his career, he was kind of the elder statesman, and then those boos turned into cheers again. Same thing with Jeff Gordon. But Kurt Busch, he actually evolved, even though... Some of these other drivers really didn't change. Like their Jimmy Johnson's personality never changed. Jim, Jeff John, Jeff Jeff Gordon's changed a little bit. Kurt has been like this incredible roller coaster of a career. Came in, uber talented, bull in a t- china shop, making everybody mad, running into people, getting into fights with Jimmy Spencer, getting black eyes, pissing off the fans, and then this incredible thing happened where he grew up, like right before our eyes, he grew up and became one of the most thoughtful, most enjoyable interviews in the garage area, but also left every single race team better than he found it. You know, and that's one of the people things people always say in life right leave your situation better than you found it he left every single race team better than he found it and that's an incredible legacy for someone who's going to be in the hall of fame i mean he's, in my opinion the first ballot hall of famer without question and it's really disappointing that he didn't get a chance to make one last run at the championship as well as twenty three eleven was running at the end of the season, as well as Bubba Wallace has run in the 45 during the playoffs. I think that Kurt had a real shot to win a championship this year, especially as wide open as it is. So it's sad that this is how cup full season cup part of his career has to end. He will, of course, he says, once he's cleared to drive, if he's cleared to drive, go and do some bucket list race. So maybe we'll see an Indy double or him, uh, you know, doing, I don't know, Baja something. I mean, I, I think it's really will be fun to see what Kirk comes up with as far as races he runs. He's incredibly talented. The year he ran the double, that's the best anyone's ever done, running that double. Um, so the world, as far as ability, is there for him, and hopefully he'll get cleared and get to do that and have some fun doing it. Um, he also said he reached out to Fox. Love him on television because of his insight. So, um we'll see what's next for Kurt Bush, but he his his loss is huge to the sport as far as a competitor and it sucks that it ended this way like a concussion an injury to see anyone have to go out of out of any sport because of that is is really just one of the saddest parts of sports um uh, because I think Kurt still had another year in him and uh you know We'll never know if he could have gotten that second championship. I think he he had a pretty good shot to do it. Uh, but the best wishes to Kurt moving forward. Um, I'm glad he's still going to be around the garage area. And because uh, I think he's good for the sport. So this week, uh, obviously, Chris and I will talk about Christopher Bell's amazing comeback to get into the round of eight and just kind of what lies ahead for the round of eight. And then my guest this week is somebody, a driver that I go way back with. So... As a local affiliate, when you cover races, especially big events like Daytona, um, you're never going to get access, like real access. You get like some FaceTime in a, in a group, or large or maybe a medium-sized group, with some drivers. But you're never going to get, in the affiliate my size, real access to the big-name drivers. But what you will get is every guy that runs 20th to 30th. 36 of the points coming up to you uh wanting you to do an interview with them in all three series so I first met Ross Chastain uh about seven years ago at the Daytona 500 in just such a circumstance and and interviewed him one-on-one pretty much every year sometimes live sometimes you know on tape at Daytona for about five straight years and uh So I've been having conversations with Ross for a long time. And so my conversation with him is really interesting just because, you know, he's made it. He's there. He's where everybody wants to be. All of a sudden, he's the big guy driver. And it's been a bumpy road for him. So I talked to him a little bit about just making it, being one of the final drivers alive for the championship as well as what the transition has been like from back marker field filler to title contender so love my conversation with ross it's always great to talk to ross because like i said we go way back so um i think you guys will really enjoy that conversation all right let's get it rolling we're joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief of the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, it was an absolutely no- news-packed week in the world of NASCAR, but the two biggest headlines, safety and finances. Drivers have banned together to call for safer race cars. The owners have banded together, saying they're losing money. So I ask a simple but not-so-simple question. Is the current NASCAR model broken?
1: Well, it's definitely got some pretty big fractures in it. I mean, these are serious issues, and uh, we've got to take a look at this. I mean, if the owners are losing money and can't afford to do this, that they're not going to be around very long, so there's not going to be any race cars to to race and, and crash and whatever else, and uh, the safety part of it is is more of a personal, uh, I think, more urgent uh, item to take care of right now because I think the drivers are, they're a little bit, scared and uh, that's not going to make for good racing and it's not going to make for good relations but you know with anybody so uh, there's some things here we got to fix and we better get on it
0: nascar reviewed the actions of cole custer in the final laps of sunday's race to see if he gave up positions to help get his teammate chase briscoe in the round of eight playoffs we all remember spin gate back in 2013 involving involving michael walter Racing, and that was a blatant example but gamemanship like that happens a lot so should it be police more and is that good or bad for the sport?
1: Well, I, I, I think there's enough of our a big, uh, as a good enough percentage of our fan base, and also the base of people who are involved in this sport as competitors, that that are, you know, not quite big fans of the big team approach anyway, like four car teams, four car companies, and when they when they do things to try to affect the outcome of the race using their four teams it's not quite what nascar was was founded on you know you wouldn't have seen uh... you wouldn't have seen fireball roberts do that or junior johnson or anybody that you know that's it's just not the deal so they're looking into it uh... i don't know where it's going to go with this i don't think it was a big blatant i don't think it really affected the outcome of the points thing very much but it was a little peculiar some of the radio communication just a little bit shifty so um I don't like seeing it personally if if me personally I don't like seeing that kind of stuff I don't think it belongs in NASCAR racing in any series so we'll see what they do to clean it up
0: Christopher Bell had to win to advance to the round of eight in the playoffs Mm. and he took advantage of shenanigans at the end of the race to do just that what were your thoughts on the Roval and Bell's walk-off win to
1: advance well, the 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 Roval is is a very tough. We talked about this last week before they win. It's a tough road course. There's some tight spots, some narrow narrow places that aren't much room for mistakes. And really, even when you don't make mistakes, there's not much room. So um, that is, I think, a question of like, okay, should we be there for a points race uh, or for a you know for a in the finals? But you know, I'd be honest with you, I was i was overly impressed with christopher Bell's performance it was walk up bottom of the ninth two out you're on bay you know you're on You're on deck walk up to the plate you got one runner on and you hit a home run and that's what he did he and his crew chief and his crew they took advantage of what happened right there uh whether what brought all that on i don't know I, I, that wasn't his fault so he took advantage of his opportunity, and he, buddy, he made the best of it. He came through there like a dose of sauce, and man, I, I was very impressed. And you know what? Good for him. He did a good job with the opportunity he had. Um, I think he he did what anybody else would do, and he made the best of it. So. Now he's in the next round. Good for him.
0: The so Lee Spencer of SiriusXM and RacingBoys.com is reporting that Tyler Reddick's contract has been bought out by 2311, and he will leave RCR at the end of the season. An announcement is expected later this week at Vegas. It seems, to this point, that this means that Kurt Busch will not be returning to the 45 next season. How do you think the announcement will affect the silly season moves, and how quickly do the other dominoes now fall?
1: Well, first of all, I'm, I, I want to say that I, I, I'm, I'm sad because Kurt Busch is not returning, apparently. Um, he, he's uh, been a huge force in our sport, and um, I just hate to see him miss his, what was planned to be his last year because of this. But I think it's a good decision. Safety, again, and quality of life takes precedence over anything. The next question is how it will affect Silly Season. I think it's one of the big pieces, Heather. I mean, if everybody was kind of waiting on what's going to happen here, will Tyler Reddick be uh, locked into a Chevrolet ride next year, kind of being the kind of being the guy that's going to go out. Uh, This this happened, I think it's best for everybody concerned, to be quite honest with you. Now, we know where he's going at least for next year and then after that, he's in a permanent ride. We know all the flutter is 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 not going to happen and it will it will allow other decisions to be made knowing that that's going to happen i think the dominoes will fall now pretty quick to like fill all the rest of the rides the opportunities whatever's out there and before we go to daytona people will have their feet you know in the sand in the ground in the foundation with the with their particular teams and be ready to go racing
0: Intermediate tracks have provided some of the best racing all season, and this weekend stop in Vegas is a welcome return to Mile and a Half for many people. What's the key to a win this weekend in the desert?
1: Well, one, one thing that has always jumped out at, at Las Vegas to me is like the, the, the turn one and two uh, in the middle and lower portion grooves at the racetrack because of where the tunnel is coming into the infield is it's very rough now the the track has been worked on they've done a lot of things try to improve it so on and so forth but it's it's a handful so this time of year i think you're going to see them still with some probably pretty hot weather and i I would assume it's going to be pretty windy you have to have those cars stable enough to go across those bumps where you when you when the driver goes in, he doesn't need to be fighting the wheel going across the bumps or before he gets there. That's recipe for disaster. You have to have it stable enough, you have to have it what we call tight enough to where he can go in, turn the wheel, slide across those bumps without fighting it. I think that's going to be the key to success. The next thing here is you've you've got to be good enough. That's that's a track that lends to up in the race, running up against the wall to have better lap times, especially in turn three and four, but really both ends. And with, with the issues we've had this year with toe links and kind of weak parts a little bit back there that have, that have caused some DNFs because of hitting the wall, you better have your car good enough and your driver better be on his toes to stay out of that wall where you might be behind the pit wall when the race is over instead of trying to win the race. So, those are two things. Fast racetrack. It's going to be some good racing. Um, it's out there in, in Sand City. So we're going to see who comes out with a win. And I, it, it wouldn't. It, who knows? I, I don't think there is a favorite.
0: Thanks for joining us, Ross. Today, uh, congratulations on uh, making it to the round of eight. I know it was a a, a crazy roval for sure.
2: Yes, it was. Um, everything was rolling along okay, um, aside from crashing and qualifying. We were uh, we scored good stage points, obviously winning the second stage, and then. Uh, just a mental lapse and a, and a driving error on my part uh, put us in the wall with a broken uh, right rear control arm and bent toe link and all kinds of broken parts back there. I hit the wall really hard. So, um, yeah, but at that point it was just, you know, once I made that mistake, it was just we had to wait to the end of the race to see kind of what everybody else did and if we made it. And fortunately we, uh, we had enough points built up over the course of the year that uh, it carried us through.
0: Talk to a couple of drivers through this playoffs they've they've told me that it's kind of an interesting playoff because sometimes just enough is just enough like nobody has been so outstanding that you have to win or you have to be top 10 every race i mean does that change the way you approach races because obviously you just needed to survive at the roval
2: yeah that's what's so frustrating for me is that we just needed to survive and i go and and hit the wall in a perfect spot just of just surviving and um yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's this reset with this car is just, it's the greatest reset the sport has ever seen in my opinion. Now I wasn't around 40 years ago, but it sure seems like since from what I've been told and can research since the very first NASCAR race, like there was a better built car just in the design and the manufacturing of it. And now we all drive the same things. It's about once we get the parts, how do we maximize it and and make them go the fastest? So, um, it's it's tough it's just it's closer than it's ever been and and you see more people winning races and more people running uh in the top top you know five and ten of the of the finishes and throughout the races than i think we've ever seen
0: do you because i mean you and i have been have been talking and and doing this nascar thing for a while now um do you ever just pinch yourself and think i'm one of eight drivers that has a chance to win a cup championship now
2: Ever since I signed with Trackhouse, I've hoped that I didn't wake up from this dream. Um, Look, my, my career started in 2011, and we won our first race in 2018. That's a lot of losing in those years and a lot of races between that first race and our first win. And so I was very used to that. I was very in tune with going to the track doing the best we could A top a top 10 might be a win a top five might be a win or a top 25 or 27th place in the cup series at one point in my career was we high-fived and that was we, we did what we needed to do and that was the goal was 27th and it's wild now to look at that and in the same breath be preparing to be one of the final eight guys in, in the championship so um I do pinch myself, but I truly hope I never wake
0: up. So this year, I mean, uh, has it been hard to kind of balance of, of who you are and then also how different it is racing up against the front guys? Because it seems like, I mean, I love the feisty in you, the the, the, the kind of uh, uh, nice guy, but with a, with a Dale senior edge. I mean, but has it been hard to kind of find that balance of, of who you are and kind of how different it is up front?
2: it's incredibly hard. It's this is the cup series. Everything about it is, is a challenge and yeah, like I've had drivers mad at me from the time I was 15 years old and older drivers telling me that I needed to do this and that. And and I have learned from all of them and I've had a lot of them upset with me, Uh, but I've learned from each one of those situations and not that I've necessarily I don't know that I've been much better for it, although at this level, the level of scrutiny at this level is higher than I've ever felt. So, you know, I've had issues with people. It's just never been as publicized because it's not at the front. And so now that we're racing at the front in the Cup Series, it, it is uh, obviously publicized well. And like you and I have been around uh, for for a while doing this, it's, um, you know, we, we know how this works and it's the storyline. So, It's been nice for a few weeks to be out of the storylines. And honestly, knowing now that we've made it through the Roval and into the next round, I'm not sad that I wasn't on the lead lap for those final restarts because everybody, I mean, I was watching it. I was on track still riding around eight, nine laps down. And I watched everybody just drive into everybody. And if I would have been on the lead lap, I would have done the same thing and been put in, in that situation to do that. Um, and I probably would have had somebody mad at me and I'd have been at, mad at somebody. So knowing now that we transferred, it's almost relieving that we weren't in any of those. I'm not having any text conversations this week with people about why they spun me out or I, why I spun them out. And um, it's nice to be out of all that, that all that uh, turmoil for, for a few days.
0: Final question. How do you approach this, these next three races to try to get into the championship for? I start with practice at Vegas, um,
2: we'll go into qualifying next, we'll go into the race, and the race is just an opportunity of 400 miles to, uh, to do what we can do uh, with our number one car, so, um, zero attention on the other races, it's just really one little step at a time, and, um, fortunate for me, it's easy for me to, uh, keep it that small and com- compartmentalized, because I feel like I'm i am uh, got a short, short attention span and short memory. So come back around for another lap. It's like a whole new world.
0: So for my final thoughts tonight, I want to talk about the final eight. There are eight drivers alive for the championship, and if you had these eight going into the season as your championship, final 8 uh you and I are going to Vegas like immediately because there are some real surprises of who's not in there's also some real surprises about who's legitimately a contender like Christopher Bell is legitimately a contender and when we all know Christopher is talented he's always been kind of the fourth car at Gibbs not anymore he's probably the second car at Gibbs right now in the pecking order that's definitely what the points say It's just him and Hamlin that are alive for the championship. So that is amazing to me. And then you look at a guy like Chase Briscoe, nobody had him going to the championship eight and he has been strong and then consistently strong over the last few races. I mean, that's how he climbed out from, you know, on the edge of not making the cut in the round of eight to getting up there, which is consistency, consistency, consistency. And, I love to see that, too. I mean, he is a championship in the Xfinity Series race, racing series. He's obviously very talented. And Stuart Haas has struggled, but he's been the bright spot for them. And And I think that that's fascinating that he has a legitimate chance to win this championship. I think if you made me pick my championship for right now, it probably would be pretty chalk. I would probably go Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain. Like, that's chalk. Those are the top four qualifiers from the last round. Um, But, I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if one of those four got knocked out by a Briscoe or a Bell. William Byron's not running that great, but he definitely has the ability to win a race, so that wouldn't surprise me either. So, I love this championship eight because it's so unpredictable, and you just don't know. Like in past years, you knew pretty much who at least three of the four were going to be, if not all four. I couldn't tell you who two of the four were going to be with any kind of confidence. So I look forward to these next three races because I think the drama is going to be sky high. Thanks for joining us on The Backstretch. We'll see you next week.